Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor and on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors are so glad that you're with us, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. Hey, if you're a guest, we always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why, as I know, when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So my hope would be that you would come back and uh, check us out. If you're watching online, hey, do us a few things, like, comment, share, uh, leave a review, uh, just be interactive in the chat if you can. It helps us get through uh, some of those algorithms to get the message of Jesus out. And uh, man, we're excited. We're starting a brand new series today called The Summer of Wisdom, The Summer of Wisdom. And uh, some of y'all are already transitioned into summertime. I told my wife the other day, I was like, it feels like, man, we were in school and then all of a sudden it's done. And then it's like it's out, like the school season is wrapping up and we're rapidly moving into summertime, which means everybody's going to start getting like, you know, in the summer plans and vacation mode. And um, we're thinking about it, you know, every year during this time, we kind of want, we open up uh, either a different part of the book, the Bible, or we, we kind of look into different topics of the Bible. And really what I felt like as we're sitting with our team um, and we were just talking about, man, what would we want to teach our church uh, during this kind of unique time where we can kind of get a little deeper into the word or a little maybe more um, unique inside of scripture. And we wanted to talk about really the, the book of Proverbs. And, um, and the reason I wanted to talk about that is primarily because um, a lot of, of what Proverbs is, people don't really know. Um, we can almost keep Proverbs at such a shallow level that we don't really see, I think, the depth of really what it could be for our lives. So we're going to take over the next several weeks and look at the book of the Proverbs. And if you don't know anything about the Bible, the Bible is broken up into two main sections. Um, one is the Old Testament. One is the New Testament. The Bible is not a book. It's a collection of books, honestly. And um, in uh, the Old Testament, kind of first section of the Bible, there is in the kind of middle-ish part of the Bible is a book called Proverbs. Now, if you don't know anything about Proverbs, let me give you just a couple of background context on it. Proverbs is wrote primarily by um, a man named Solomon, who, who was, uh, he was widely regarded and honestly by, by the entire world as the wisest man who had ever lived. And the reason that he was is regarded as that is it goes you actually go back and you can read this story in another book of the bible called first kings first kings chapter three you see a moment where solomon is having a conversation with god now here's what's interesting about the bible sometimes the bible i think sets up these lives where i feel like you and i you ever do stuff where you're like i wish i had this moment with god i it, it actually provides this moment with god because i think almost every single one of us has had a moment where we're like if god would just have a conversation with me and give me an opportunity to give me anything i want what would you give him? So ask yourself this question. If God asked you and he was standing in front of you and he was like, hey, check this out. I'm feeling good today. I want you to, you can have anything your heart's desire. What would you say? Like, what would you ask him for, honestly, right now? That's a good question to kind of write in your journal. It's a good question to kind of ponder with your counselor. It's a good question to maybe talk over with your spouse on your date night, because that question so reveals the nature of your heart. And Solomon has this legitimately has this moment with God and God has this moment with Solomon. And he says, Solomon, listen, you're about to rule my people. You can have anything you want. And the Bible records that Solomon, okay, this is the craziest thing, that Solomon quite literally asked God for wisdom. Now, that's more character than I probably would have had in that moment. And, and he, 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 the Bible actually says that, it, and I don't know how this really works. Cause I'm going to ask God. This is a question I'm going to ask God one day. Because the Bible says that God was, it almost enhanced that God was taken back. Like shocked. Like he was actually went, whoa. And, and so much so that God not only gave him wisdom, 
but gave him also riches as well. So he becomes not only the wisest man, he becomes the richest man who's ever lived. And God actually does something to Solomon that I was so, such a good lesson for all of us that Solomon becomes the wisest man and the richest man because he asked for wisdom first. And so if you look at, if you look at Proverbs and, and really the book of Proverbs is a collection of some of his thoughts. And most people don't know this. Solomon was not only like a master of wisdom, he was a master of like um, a plant horticulture he was a master like over animals he was a master over art and and music and design he had all of this he was the world-renowned wisdom guy on everything in fact kings and queens would come and travel to him just to ask him questions this guy knew what he was doing. So Proverbs is a collection of some of his greatest hits, okay? This is like his greatest thoughts of like how to live the best life. And Proverbs chapter 1 through 9 is really wisdom to his children. He's like a father talking to his son. He's like, hey, I want you to get this. I want you to see this. Here's how you should live. Position your life. Listen to your father. Fathers, listen. Train your kids. Then 10 through 24 is really wisdom for everyone. That's all the funny, like the great wooden little ones you see on like um, bumper stickers or Bible bookstores, you know, you hang on your wall. Some of y'all probably have a proverb on your wall right now. It's probably from 10 through 24. And then, um, and then 25 through 31 is really wisdom to leaders. And so today we're going to look at one specific scripture um, on really the intro to wisdom. This is going to be the intro to all of the proverb series today. So we're, I'm just going to tease out um, really what the series is going to be because my goal in this series our goal as a church in this series is that you would be done with this series you would look back and you'd go man i really need to go back to proverbs and not just treat it as like a one through 31 i read one chapter a day come on how many of y'all have done that like it is a discipline like it's 31 chapters so i'm gonna read one chapter a day for the summer and this is gonna be my devotional i want you to actually really go deep i want you to get really really intrigued at the idea of what proverbs could be so we're going to teach it today proverbs chapter four is where we're going to be i'm going to read you two scriptures and then we're going to read about and we're going to tease out a little bit of what wisdom is. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. It says, the beginning. Ever say the beginning? This is important. So he says, this is how it all starts. The beginning of wisdom is this. This is deep thoughts from Solomon, the wisest man who had ever lived. He says, you want wisdom? Well, then go get it. I read that a couple of times, and I was like, I don't seem that smart. I get that. That seems like common sense. He says, Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. It's interesting that, the, that this is actually a Hebrew poem, if you look at it more exegetically, that he compares wisdom to a woman. And that, that he, he says that it, if you cherish her, she will exalt you. And if you embrace her, she will honor you. That wisdom at the end of the day should be the only pursuit of your and I's life. That if we can learn to follow wisdom, all of the things will will add themselves. All the things and the other things you want will really ultimately come to pass. So you just you have to figure it out as a as a as a as really an overview of your life. Here's the strategy of how I live, and if I live like that, I'm gonna be okay. When that is our backdrop, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, today. Lord, you have something to say to us. I pray that in this series, as a church, we would together collectively and individually gain this thing called wisdom. I pray that we would value her and that wisdom would be not just a byproduct of how we live. It would be the central focus of how we live today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. <clears throat> Recently, um, I wrapped up a, a eight-week jaunt 
um, stint uh, experiment as a flag football coach in Texas. What I realized was two things. Number one, I don't know a lot about football as a coach because I'm just not a very good one. Now, I can get passionate and angry and yell at things and people and you know, team members and stuff. I can do that really well. But the, the, the very dynamic of football is, is pretty unique, especially when it comes to flag football. You start getting against some of these teams that have been playing for 10 years together, and they're, this is football country, y'all. So, like, there's a lot of good teams out there. And so I was coaching my three young boys and found out I was very, very inadequate at it. But um, the, the second thing I also learned was, was that if you, if you focus on the right thing, the good thing happens. And what my boys used to always ask was, at the, every time we had a little huddle, so we were, we were one time we were playing a game, and we were walking in, and we were, it, was, it was a rough game, so we were halfway through the game, we're at halftime, and the, the kids kept asking me all throughout the game what the score was. They said, what's the score? Who's, what, how do y'all think they asked me? They said, coach, who's winning? right? Who's winning? And I was like, don't worry about who's winning. Cause in my mind, I'm like, cause it ain't us, <laughs> but don't worry about who's winning right now. It doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, what I did was at the end of the, what, with the beginning of the season, I said, I did this little trick with them. I, th I, I think I've told you this before. I said, Hey, does winning matter? And they were all like, uh, they all like looked around like it was a trick question. And, be, you know, so some of them said yes and some of them said no. I said, yes, winning matters. Whoever told you winning doesn't matter, they don't, they don't win. Winning matters. We're here to win the game. Now, it's not the only thing that matters for all the parents who are all stressed out and all the, you know, the participatory <laughs> medal winners, you know, for everybody's like, we just won because we're in. No, you didn't. You didn't win anything. So, like... No, I said you, you, winning matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. But today, if you, and I said this at halftime, I said, listen, if you just do your job, you run your route, you play good defense, then you'll win. If you focus on the right things, the, 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 all that stuff that you want, you think you care about will come to pass. And, and for, for Solomon and with, 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 with how he's teaching us, this is so anti our culture today. Because what the world and our culture wants us to think about constantly is the is they want us to think, how can we want to focus like who's winning? Who's winning? Who's winning? And God says, you don't have to worry about who's winning if you just play the game right. Like if you just focus on the right things, then all the other things that you think you really care about and matter, all that stuff works itself out in the end. Anybody who's ever played a sport knows this. And because your, your coach always did that. Because we always worried about who was winning. We always worried about how fast we were going. And he's like, no, no, you don't worry about it. If you just do the fundamentals, you do the right, do the small little things right, all this stuff adds itself up. And before you know it, you're standing on the championship podium getting the right medal, not the participatory medal, the one that you earned. And at the end of the day, Solomon is encouraging us, hey, we need to think about the, the right thing. Now, what is wisdom? Because wisdom has a lot of weird definitions, and a lot of people think they know what wisdom really is. Let me give you a few things of what wisdom isn't. Well, number one, wisdom is not intelligence. It's not. I know a lot of people think, like, well, if you're wise, then you're really, really smart. You have a high IQ. And honestly, that, that really doesn't matter, because there's a lot of high IQ people who do a lot of dumb things. In fact, most studies are saying nowadays that IQ really don't matter a whole lot to win in life. 
You know what really matters? It's not IQ, it's EQ. It's actually having emotional intelligence, the ability to read and react to people. It's not whether or not you got good grades in school. Come on, good grades matter, but it's not that you, you just got good grades because I know a lot of people who got straight A's who are flunking in life. And so you got to have the ability to have some, some wisdom. So it's not intelligence. It's not knowledge. I know a lot of people who know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And they're kind of dumb. Let's be honest. You know them. You, you know who I'm talking. You're like, oh, pastor. I know exactly who. And you might be elbowing. Don't be elbowing people today. There's, there's a lot of people you know who know a lot of stuff. And you, you, ever known, you ever met someone who seemed to know everything about everything? And you just be like, man, you just know everything about everything. How come your life's so messed up? Right? What? One person said one time, knowledge builds the Titanic. Wisdom keeps you from the iceberg. Knowledge builds the house. Wisdom builds the home. Knowledge knows God. Wisdom walks with God. And so, you know, you can pass the test in school with knowledge, but you pass the test in life with wisdom. It's not knowledge. It's It's not knowing things. It's not common sense. The longer I live... The more I realize, common sense, it's not so common. It's not common sense. It's not natural instincts. I know a lot of people find, like fancy themselves. They're like, you know, I got this like, you know my funny, th- can I just be honest as a pastor? Like Christians are funny. Like we're funny people. We're weird. If you're not a Christian in here, we're weird. Just so you know, like we're weird. Um, I, I'm one, so, you know, it's all good. But, like, we, 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 we say weird things to pastors to impress pastors sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, like, one of the things me and Pastor Jason get a lot, and then we always laugh about a little bit, because we, people are always trying to impress us with their spirituality. And what will impress me is your love for people, just so you know. Because that's what impressed Jesus. So I don't really care about your spirituality, because at the end of the day, you can be really spiritual and not even know God. So um, I, I really want to know, like, are you, do you, do you, are you more like Jesus? But one of the funny things I hear a lot is from, like, natural instinct, spirituality instincts. So they use it in spiritual words. And so they say stuff like, I'm a really discerning person. Like, I have a high discernment. Now, that is a spiritual gift. But I always laugh because that really what people equate that to is, like, a natural instinct to do things right or wrong. And it's like... Okay, first of all, you don't know the real definition of, of discernment. Secondly, um, that doesn't always give you wisdom. Because I've noticed that what I naturally feel sometimes is not wise. <laughs> Has anybody ever felt that? Has anybody ever driven on 1604 <laughs> during rush hour? Forget rush hour, just ever. <laughs> And you're on the highway, and the natural instinct for me, come on, somebody, tell the truth and shame the devil. Don't leave your pastor all alone. The natural thing for me is to run somebody off the road because you don't know how to drive. So, so it's not wisdom. Wisdom is not always natural instincts. And, and honestly, Proverbs 14, this is so good because this is, comes from his wisdom. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end leads to death. I wonder how many people are dying in their life because you did what thought you thought felt right. There's a way. That's scary to me. That's a scary scripture, y'all. There's a way that seemed right to me. 
So I don't like to say stuff like, well, I think we should do that. Because I can think a lot <laughs> of dumb things. Come on, in the dumb moments of my life. How many of y'all have ever gone into a situation where you were like, you sat back and you looked and you go, and you said those great words. So we all need to make a t-shirt that says, what was I thinking? Because it was the way you thought it was right. What is wisdom? Let me just give you a couple of simple definitions of what wisdom is. This is what I'm, I I was like, what can I write down that can make it easy? Wisdom is simply this. Wisdom for us, so just for the definition for our, our sermon series, is it's understanding when to apply the right knowledge to the right situation. When to apply the, the right knowledge to the, to the right situation. Wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. And the book of Proverbs is so unique. Um, can I say something that might sound odd? There are a lot of promises of God in the Bible. Proverbs is not written like that, just so you know. Because I think sometimes Proverbs, um, this is where we get caught up as Christians. Some of us, especially if you're new to Christianity, you'll hear a great sermon, you promises of God, and you'll feel like, God, oh, whatever in this Bible is true, and it's right, and, 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 and it is true, and it is right. The problem is, is we use the book of Proverbs as a scientific formula to a great life. And that's not the way that it was written. Proverbs is about, a, is a book of, best way to say it, it's a book of probabilities. Because it says stuff like, train up, you ever heard that parents, you've heard this because pastors have preached this to you, train your child up in the way that he should go. That way when he gets older, he will not depart from it. You know what book that came from? Yeah, it's easy. I'll just I'll tee that up for you all. There's not a trick question. Proverbs, okay? So, so that came from Proverbs. And so what, what we read that as is, here's how we read that. We read that as, if I teach my kids church and Bible and Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to them. Then what happens? Something bad happens to them, and your faith is now in crisis because what you thought was a promise was really a book of probabilities. What it was just saying was, is at the end of the day, you need to know this. If you teach your, your kids about the Lord and you train them up to love and honor and fear and revere God, then the probability is that they will have a better life than if you didn't do that. And so, yes, the probability is there. Yes, the promise is there. But that doesn't mean that we don't live in a fallen and broken, odd world. It just means that, you know what? You're going to go through something because you and I are in this crazy place called Earth. And we live in a crazy time with the crazy people with social media and politics and issues upon issues. Upon, if you think we don't have issues, you're not living in this world right now. And what Proverbs says is wisdom will give you the best opportunity, the best probability under God to make it well. And so I tell you that to you because I'm a pastor and I've sat with brokenhearted people where their faith and their crisis became a crisis. They had a crisis of faith because they thought what God told them didn't come to pass. And it did. It just meant that, look, you did the best. You, you did what you should do. It just means that sometimes in this world, A plus B don't always mean C. You want me to prove it? There was a time when you did everything right. And the wrong thing happened. Right? Yeah? Anybody ever done that? You look back on your life. I did everything in that. What? And here's the funny thing. Here's how it evens out. The Bible says the fault, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Here's how it evens out. 
you do everything wrong. And the right thing happened. So it's not a book of absolutes. It's a book of probabilities. And in your life and in my life, we need to know what wisdom is and how we can get it. First way we can get it, number one, number one, this is important. You need to read God's word. You need to read God's word. And I would say specifically start with Proverbs. Like you should, this is a great, especially if you're new to Christianity, you should go and start reading Proverbs. Like you should start reading. It's a great, what a great idea that there's 31 chapters and you can read one chapter a day. That's a great way to start a devotional. It's a great way to start reading about the Bible. And you can start reading with the scripture. But you should, if you want wisdom and you need to go get wisdom, you should start with reading God's word. Proverbs chapter one says, the Proverbs of Solomon, right? This is important. The Proverbs of Solomon, then jumps verse two, for gaining wisdom and instruction. This is how you should read it. You should, you, you read it to gain wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair. It means having a value for this thing called the Bible. Now, here's what's really interesting in the world of Christianity today. As a pastor, the more churches I see, I, you know, I help coach church planners and church leaders. We help plant churches all around. So I'm always on the phone with a pastor. And one of the number one things they always ask me is, hey, how can we, how can we create a great life-giving culture? I said, you create a church teaching the Bible. You don't teach what you think is cool. You don't teach your opinion. You don't teach what the wind and the waves say on social media. Hey, you should talk about this right now. Hey, you should talk about this right now. You teach the Bible. One of my best friends uh, who, who went to be with Jesus, she used to say, we used to, I used to work with her and we had, um, we would make copy for, you know, cards we would hand out or something like that. And anytime we would write the Bible, um, she was, she was, she was real big on capitalizing the letter B when we wrote Bible. And I grew up like in that culture, so I was really used to it. But when I was in ministry, you kind of get into a habit, you start writing things. And so when I first met her, I remember the first time I, I wrote out a, a copy for a card we were sending out, and I wrote Bible, and I had the little B, and she called me into her office, and she gave me a 20-minute dissertation on why the book of the Bible needs to be capitalized. And what I was what I missed out, what she was not saying was that the letter meant, meant something. What she was saying was, is what the letter represents means something. That at the end of the day, that this book matters a whole lot. And I just wonder if it matters a whole lot to you. I just wonder how much you read it. Can I have a pastoral moment in a minute? Just, just for a moment. I made you laugh. Can I? As a doctor finds the bruise, can I poke you a little bit? I just wonder if you read this thing. I just wonder how much it's valuable, but I wonder how valuable it is to you. And I wonder in the world of enlightenment and, and how much knowledge and information that's out there right now. I wonder how much you go to Google and not how much you go to the Bible. There's many options for getting wisdom. Is the word or is the world? And I just wonder if you, you're missing out on what you should be doing. Because you have not valued the Bible. One of, the, um, one of my favorite preachers, he's, he equated the Bible as the, the owner's manual for life. 
I thought that was a good description because there's so much inside of the Bible that you and I are trying to figure out right now. It's already in there. And, and what's so funny is, is you see life, so many of us try to redefine what things have already been defined in the Bible by. We try to redefine family. We try to redefine relationships. Our world tries to redefine men, redefine women, redefine children, redefine work, redefine marriage, redefine the world, redefine leadership, redefine the church, redefine God. And it's all been defined already for us in the Bible if we would just look to the Bible. And I find it interesting that most of our lives look messed up simply because we didn't follow the owner's manual. The other day, my, my son, my son's a, uh, he's got a Lego addiction. Any kids, any parents in here that have a, kids love Legos? Anybody like a Lego family? Anybody? One? Okay, I got one. Awesome. Cool. Two, three. Okay, great. Um, it's an expensive addiction. <laughs> Legos are expensive. And he doesn't buy like the little $3 ones that are like the little figurines. He buys like the, um, they're the, uh, they're like, they come on a stand and they're like head sculptures of like Spider-Man and, you know, uh, the, the Mandalorian or whatever. And we were putting this and he goes, he goes, Dad, will you come help me with the Legos? Now, you guys know, I'm basically a genius. So <laughs> I was like, we don't need that instruction manual, son. It's all good. We're just going to do it and make it happen. He goes, okay, you go ahead and do your side. I'll do my side. Okay, no problem. I'll figure it out. And so I started putting stuff together, and we didn't really pay attention to the instruction manual. And we got halfway through it and realized, one, we had too many pieces. I'm like, Lego messed up. They had too many pieces. They sent too many pieces to us. It's a big company. It's easy to do. It's all good. Let's forgive them, son. That's just what we do. And so we got, and half the face wasn't even made, you know? Like, we literally couldn't make, and then we had to stop to a point because you could not keep going because you were missing pieces and I didn't have them the right. And I just wonder, I, I just wonder, how many of us are stuck right now in life? Because you thought, oh, no, I don't need the, I don't need, no, I don't, I don't need the, no, I don't need those. I don't need the instructions. I'm good. And you're stuck at this part in your life right now, and you're trying to figure out how to do it, what you do. And you know what I did? This is silly. I went to Google. Like, how can I get this thing together? Like, Lego pieces. You know, I kind of just try to figure this out. I went to YouTube, Google. I'm like, can I make this thing? And I wonder how many of us were trying to piecemeal this life thing together. And we just like, and, and I think God's looking at us and going, like, I, I'm pretty sure that I sent the instructions with the Lego piece. I'm pretty sure I sent the instructions with that kid I gave you. Because some of us have been stressed out. And you'd be like, I'm pretty sure I told you to instruct. I'm pretty sure I was pretty clear on schedules and discipline and understanding and training and Bible and schedules. I was pretty good on that. I felt like I gave you everything you should do. And now you mad calling me up on customer service. Come on. I was, I was one step away. But like, you didn't send us the right. Come on. Y'all know that. You didn't send us the right pieces. And they'd be like, well, but you didn't follow the instructions. I'd be like, but I don't need them. Simply because we didn't value the word of God. So yes, there is one way of getting knowledge. But then I think that another way is doing God's word. So it's reading God's word, but then it's doing God's word. I think the Proverbs 7, this is a good proverb. My son, keep my, everybody say keep. Keep my words and store my commandments with you and keep, everybody say keep. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings in the apple as the apple of your eye. This book is, um, at the, look, it's so valuable, but it's only valuable if you use it. Can I say something that might scare you? This is only paper and ink and I don't know if this is bonded leather or real leather 
They make books like this all the time. I think I bought this for 25 bucks. That's how much it's worth. To everybody in the world that doesn't read it. But then, then I open it up, and I, I read, and then, and then I do it, and then it, the value starts. Then I start looking at Amazon and going like, I got a deal. You thought you sold me something. I got a deal. Because there's something about this book that when I read it, it reads me, and then I go start doing what it asks me to do, sometimes commands me to do, and before you know it, wisdom starts coming out of me, but it's only useful if I use it. I have a buddy who owns a BMW M3 car. If you don't know anything about cars, it's tight. <laughs> it's amazing. I get in the car, okay? I said, hey, I said, this is a cool car. It's made to be, right. it's a racing car. Like the way it's like created. The shocks, the engine, the transmission, everything. And I said, well, just take me around, but you don't, don't push it or nothing. You know, just drive. I just want to see what, if it feels different. He goes, no, no, we, we, you don't understand. When I bought this car, this is interesting to me. He said, the dealer, in fact, they had the guy from the, maintenance department come out and talk to me because he wouldn't con he didn't convince the, the the sales guy didn't convince me and the the, the automobile the tech comes out and he says if you buy this car you need to drive it hard otherwise it'll it'll break down he said it was created to be used and worked that gas pedal was made to be pressed. You, if you're not going to drive a car hard, don't drive this car. You'll break it by not driving it. I'm like, what? So we got in the car, and he drove the car. I screamed so loud. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever been in a car where the car got... He went up to 130 miles an hour on the freeway. Like, it was ungodly. But it was, it was made to be driven like a race. And I just wonder, some of us, you kind of, you have, anybody have the Bible on, your, on your, your coffee table? Do we even do coffee tables anymore? But like, do you have it in your bookshelf? It's, on your, it's in your nightstand. It's in your backpack. And, and every time you open it, it's like. And you just kind of, you baby this thing. Let me be the tech from BMW. This was meant to be worked hard. Like you need to have, you know, the people I respect the most are the people where these pages are barely hanging on. Where there's some writing up in that you can write in your Bible. 
You can highlight in your Bible. The people that I love and I respect and I have honor and who I think are the wisest people, honestly, are the people who have worn Bibles who look like they were they drove this thing hard. Like their life depends on it. And then if they don't do that, they going to break. They going to break down. James one says, do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. So today I wanted to share with you what will wisdom give you, and that's the time I have left. Let me give you quick, six quick things, just real quick, based on Proverbs 3, verse 16. It says, wisdom offers you long life, wealth, honor, make your life pleasant, lead you safely through it, and those will become wise and happy. Number one, it's going to give you a long life. All Proverbs and all scriptures have good health. They always talk about your health being good. They always talk about you actually doing something right with your health. If you're trying to be healthy and live a long life, you should love the book of Proverbs. By the way, I read a funny study. It's from a life insurance study the other day. It said people who join the church and attend attend weekly live six to seven years longer on average. Hello, I'll see you next week. Number two, wealth. They give you, we, we know this to be true because when the Bible talks about money, it gives insight on debt, managing uh, uh, wealth, investing, on giving, on serving, on how to, what you do with your money, on all that kind of stuff. Let me just tell you, I never, t- here's what you shouldn't do. You want me to give you the best financial advice? Don't take financial advice from a broke person, which we do all the time. You just don't know it. You look at people who have a whole lot of stuff and they broke. See every social media post ever because it's all fake. It's not not real. And so Solomon has a lot to say about wealth. I I highly encourage you, highly encourage you. If I were you, I would take financial advice from the richest man who had ever lived. Number three is honor. Think about this. Think about what wisdom will bring you honor. Think about the wisest person that you know. Don't you hold them in such high regard? Like if it's your grandparents or you, maybe an uncle or your father, like when you think of a, a wise person, don't you think of them? You just say, man, I honor that person. I, why? Because there's something about wisdom. The Bible talks about there's something about wisdom that naturally brings honor to you because you don't do crazy things. You're not known as the guy who could potentially lose his life over one decision. It's not honor because of what you did. It's actually more honor because of who you are. Number three, or number four, uh, pleasure. It brings you pleasure. Applying God's wisdom always makes life easier. It just does. Lacking wisdom makes your life harder. I remember the other day, I was actually driving. Remember I was telling you, I'm a flag flag football coach. Uh, We had practice at one. I left my house um, in an unwise time. I left at 1245. My practice is 30 minutes away. Do you think that I had a pleasurable ride to the practice that's a trick question no i did not have a because why wisdom eliminates bad behavior now it doesn't eliminate the result but the whole point of wisdom is to get remember probabilities we want to eliminate bad behaviors that bring stress number five is security how many of y'all would just love if i could ask you right now well if i could give you one extra measure of security in your life is there anybody in here who would take it right now like if i could hand it to you would anybody in here one two everybody okay so like at the end of the day we're all just so you know all counseling is driven on the idea of whether you're secure or you're not are you secure in who you are? Are you secure in who your husband is or your wife is? Are you secure in what, what you've been called to do? Are you secure in who God is? Security is the biggest thing that you can actually reach for. And, and the Bible says, literally, wisdom, Proverbs says, you, security will actually come to you if you learn to use wisdom. Because it will keep you out of some 
some trouble. And the last one is this, happiness. I, I think one of the weird things of our world is that we're all sold that something will bring us happiness. Some level of job, some level of money, some level of security with the person, some person's going to, something is going to bring you happiness. And at the end of the day, as you journey through life, what you realize is all, when you start to get those things, you never seem happy. You ever climbed up a ladder, got to the top of the ladder, that corporate ladder, and you realized it was, it was leaning against the wrong building? Because we all thought that if I just climb one more rung, if I just do one more thing. Wisdom does this funny thing, and I'm done. I'm closing. It gives you a fresh perspective on what should be right. The last one is this. As I close. Well, that was the last one, but let me just close with this thought. Um, somebody asked me the other day, what was the wisest thing I ever did? I thought about it for a minute. I said, the wisest thing I ever did. Of course, I thought about my wife, you know marrying her um, the wisest thing I ever did was begin a relationship with God great scripture if you ever wanted to get a tattoo and put it on your back or something your leg stomach right? old English crescent moon um, 1 Corinthians 1 Christ is the wisdom of God and that good Christ is the wisdom of God. Then when you have Christ, wisdom, wisdom flows. The wisest thing quite naturally is in my life has been just my relationship with Jesus. And the wisest way to live in our lives is to have the wisest person in our lives. And that's Christ.